Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Studio 34, Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Sorry I didn't get to sing today, but I'm not singing without Greg Sussman. I'm not going solo. He's going to join us in just a couple of seconds. Got a great show lined up for you as always. Going to recap a lot of Wednesday's action, which we had a ton of. Uh, A lot of day games yesterday. Got to go over some aces who finally bounced back, man. We needed to see this from guys like Walker Bueller, Carlos Carrasco. We'll have inside injuries Joining us in the next segment as well. Got to get a lot of updates on, you know, Andrew Benintendi, Rugnet Odor, all the latest, Blake Snell. Whatever happened in the bathroom the other day. I, I don't know what happened in the bathroom the other day. I don't think anyone really knows what happened in the bathroom. But regardless, he's hurt and he's on the injured list. You shouldn't so we'll put get- it like whatever happened in the bathroom. That, that's disgusting. Well, he did something in the bathroom. Well, I right? mean, I, he, just, he just dropped something on himself. Yeah, he like, dropped let, something on like, himself. Let's not just be ridiculous about this. How am I being ridiculous about it? Oh, talk about what happened in the bathroom. You're, you're being shady purposely. No, I wasn't. I think you are. Hey, man. How uh, are it was you? just like a weird excuse. Well, welcome in Greg Sussman. Greg, hey! hey! How'd you sleep last night? Uh, I, slept, I slept great, man. Uh, I slept, slept really well. Good to, it's good to hear. Did you, I, I don't think, that my when, way. when you were talking about your intro about all the players we're going to talk about, I don't think you talked about the guy I want to talk about. Which, that's because it's probably a scrub. No, you like him. It's Frankie Montas. Oh. I want to talk about Frankie Montas a little bit later on. Big Frank. Yeah, he's... Yeah, we got to talk about We got to talk about Frankie Montas. Oh, yeah. I'll do that with Ventura coming up in hour two, because I know he's a Frankie Montas guy also. So I want to do that in hour two with Ventura. But before we get into any of that, we're also going to talk about the NFL schedule that came out yesterday officially. Uh, and we'll break that down and see if you should go to FanDuel and play some bets on some of these win totals or the first... Spreads that came out already, and we're going to do that over the next hour uh, with a guy that, in all honesty, more so than any person on this planet, any like celebrity of any sort, like, oh, you look like that guy, you sound like that guy. You don't know how many times I've been heard, like, you and Nick Costas are the same person, you and Nick Costas are the same guy, and it's like, we're not. And I can prove it right now, because Nick Costas is here. What's up, man? What's going on? Uh, Mike, turn it on, it's under you. It's under the table, there's a big on button. Right? Yeah, it's, it's a box. It's right there. I probably should have turned it on for you. That's, that's on me. You're looking too far. Right under the table. It's always it's, on it's a box. There's always something to do with Greg. It's on me. Up. Admittedly. There's just an on button. It'll turn like red. He messed up right. with there the, uh, the yeah. jeans he's wearing today. Yo, I am, we'll get into no, that later on. It's funny because um, I turned 36 in, in about six weeks. And sure. I, I used to be great with technology. And now <laughs> I, I feel like an old man. Like I can't do I couldn't even. like That was difficult for me to turn the <laughs> microphone on. Uh, I will say I think that Greg much better looking than me. Better voice than me. So I, I, am, I am more than okay with playing second fiddle to Greg Sussman. You're being, being way too kind, Nick. It's right? not even being second fiddle but like i never i never noticed it because we've done a couple of shows together in the past and yeah. we sat next to each other i really never noticed i'm like i don't understand it 
the first time I've ever noticed it was about 10 minutes ago. Really? You were in this meeting with Mike, and I'm sitting across from him. And everything Nick says is like this, and he's, move, and he's moving around, and I hear, like, I hear his voice, and obviously I hear myself in my ears. I hear it now. I see it. I hear Greg it. Is one of those people who said that to you. I, <laughs> I, came, in, I came in after listening to a fantasy football today podcast from last year okay. with CBS Sports, yes. and I said, dude, you and Costos are the same person. <laughs> like, if you weren't watching the show right now, and you're just listening... You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I mean, I can leave, and you guys can do the show together. <laughs> our our, like our, our voices are funky, man. There's they no are. People either, people either. You know what I find is that men generally don't like them, and women generally are a fan of, of the voice. I'll say, we'll take it. Are you kidding? We'll I'd, sign, it. I'd sign up for that a million times out of a million, of course. When, when, I, when I first met Francesca, he termed it a uh, uh, nasal twang. Well, I, I think I, that's good. I yeah. think that's okay. Yeah. I think it's okay. Well, when I interned at the fan, Mike yeah. was great to me, man. So I got same. I, I, listen, they were all great. Russo was great. Mike, right, right. Mike was. I had to get their pizzas on Friday. That was like that was your thing. When I was age twenty, that was I would right. have to get the, the pepperoni pizza from Mike and Chris on Friday. Did you ever hear the term nasal twang from anyone? <laughs> I feel like someone's just had to describe my voice as that at some point, one time or another. He, he just laughed. He's like, oh, "You got a nasal twang." And you're good friends with Mons, right? Monzo's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Mike's producer. Yeah, great, great dude. And uh, yeah, I think he's got like 15 kids at this point. Like he's. In I, the I feel like he's going to he's going to announce it's like 16 at any point. All, and I text him. I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, like, can you get a vasectomy or something, bro? Like, I, I mean, like, what, like, how many kids do you want? You're a radio producer. It's like you're like a you know entrepreneurial mogul, dude. Like, how much money are you making? Guy? Sure. And uh, you just. Keeps hoping Mike extends that contract over and over. No, and no over doubt, again. over and over and over, ad infinitum. Absolutely. Let's start going back into baseball because people get annoyed at just hearing me talk double. Um, Basically, let's, let's get into baseball from last night, and we started with the Yankees Red Sox yesterday. I want to do it again. Is that okay? I'm gonna surprise, get... surprise, Greg. Oh, whatever, dude. Um, Yankees I'm Red right, Sox. I'm right with Yankees that. Red Sox last night. It wasn't Chris Sale, James Paxton, but it was Jay Happ and Nathan Ivaldi, two guys that. Had question marks, kind of like Paxton and Sale, but maybe not to that degree because they weren't as big as Paxton and Sale. But you're an Ivaldi guy, very much so this year. Much like um, Eduardo Rodriguez, like he really liked Ivaldi, who hadn't really done anything very, very well over the first couple of starts. Jay Happ, you were a little more off on, but he also hadn't done anything his first couple of starts. Last night was the same as it has been for Jay Happ. Very poor. For the first couple of innings, and then he stopped throwing his fastball. He's just like he took the Yankee philosophy of not throwing his fastball, and it worked. He pitched like what four shutout innings after the third, along something along those lines, and he was really good. Ivaldi throughout the entire night, really, really good. Yankees couldn't do much of anything outside of Clint Frazier, who will also get to before the grand slam for Brett Gardner. And as you tweeted, Frank, that was like the first moment of the season where you're like, I'm in. I thought I was getting evicted last night because <laughs> I'm jumping around my house. I'm screaming. I'm clapping my hands together. I'm freaking out. That was my first Yankee fanboy moment, and rightfully so, right? Like, Me too. You didn't have oh, a couple hey. nights ago, though. I'm a Yankee fan yeah. also. I felt great watching Paxton the other night. Oh, it was I, awesome. But you didn't have that moment where you— The Gardner Grand Slam. There's exactly. no doubt. It was by far the most enjoyable two games of the Yankee season to this Like, point, you were close with the Talkman triple from a couple of nights ago. Like, you were close there. But, like, the build-up being down 3-1, no not doubt. doing anything against Ivaldi, you're just, like, annoyed. And I hate Jay Happ, so, like, that was good that they actually came <laughs> back and won the game since I despise Jay Happ with every fiber of my being. Who needs Patrick Corbin when you could have Jay Happ? That's right. So, last night, I was finishing, din I was finishing dinner. We had Big CD, like I told you. I did, too, by the way. Big CD? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. Anyway. We're, we're, like, the same. Yeah, same <laughs> too. Yeah. He dresses much better. He dresses, he dresses much better. A lot better. Much better. That's just how I was coming in to meet with people. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be in the, the cowboy hoodie. jeans today. He dresses. All right. All right, let's get this out of the way early. So I walk in here this morning, and I, I walk, I'm, I'm here before Frank. Frank walks in, I should say. 
And he sits down, and he starts just eyeing me from head to toe, just looking up and down, and up and down. Like, a little curious. I'm like, What's, what? What do you want? He's like, you, is it like laundry day? I'm like, Frank, I'm wearing like normal black shoes. I have jeans on, a black t-shirt. Like, I don't think this is like gross looking. He goes, no, it's like fine, but like, go with stuff with the jeans. I'm like, oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. And he's like, I always notice. Come on. He's like, these jeans you're wearing right now. These jeans I'm wearing right now. They look fine. What's wrong? With so them? I'm sitting down. So they look fine to you, right? Like a nice dark jeans, normal. Yeah, they look great. Sitting I mean, look, I wear skinny jeans, so I'm not really one to talk. So that's yeah, the thing. So the opposite of skinny jeans. So I, te- I normally <laughs> try to buy skinny, not like super tight jeans, but like skinny jeans, like they're in slim fat. straight. You're a slim straight guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm a slim, I'm a slim straight. Guy. Like mine, you have to like peel them off. Do you put your jeans in the freezer? I don't even know what that means. My roommate used to do that. My older roommate used to do that. But what do you? What does that even mean? So he buys very skinny jeans, and okay. he basically likes the raw denim that you put in the freezer. You, I swear to God, I would get okay. home, I'd open my freezer. I don't there, think you would lie about this. There he'd be. He put his jeans in the freezer, and he take them out, and he said they do fit better. Now, was that in front of or behind the severed head that was also in the freezer? Behind. That's like serial killer. Behind, because you could fold it right behind it. Okay. Yeah. I swear to God, that happened. Anyway, I've never heard of that. So, point is, I come in this morning. And my, the jeans I normally wear, I, I switch off between two pair, obviously. They're both clearly in the wash. They got to get you another couple pairs of jeans. Hey, how many jeans can you wear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to do that too. So there's two pair. So I go to the third pair. And they've been on the shelf for a while. I haven't worn them. I have my two pair that I like. I switch them off whenever I go for a new pair. I just buy a new pair because I like how they fit. These have been in the closet for a while, when, like, the baggy jeans were in style. Yeah, we're right? talking about college, Greg, here. Mid-90s. Probably right when I graduated college, like, 10 years ago. They're not that bad no, they are, I can though. see at the right, bottom. So, yeah, they're right, not let's good. Let's get the zoom out on Greg's, on Greg's ISO here and just stand up and, and model the jeans, Greg, because... Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, they're very bad. Well, it's really... It's the way that they're falling over your, over your, your shoes that are really bad. Yeah, it's so awful. I, I call them... I, I wouldn't have left like the a house. Cowboy. Like, they're baggy jeans, you know? <laughs> so, and, so and the I, know, sh- I know the right buttons to push when it comes to Greg. He does. very self-conscious when I make fun of him. Well, I do too, by Certain way. things. Yeah. So the, the, the true story of this... You I reference the jeans at least three times downstairs already today. You don't, even, on the show you don't even know this. I've actually wore these jeans yesterday too, but I folded over the, the end so you wouldn't see how long they were. Yeah. And I tried to not notice like, That's how bad, bad they when, are. when you got to fold it because it's too long, it's time to throw them out, brother. And I showed, it, and I showed them to my fiance. She's like, you probably should get those hemmed if you're going to wear them. Well, I mean, you got a fiance. So it's, I mean, look, it's not like you're, you're striking out left and right here. Like, you got a fiance. It's okay. I, I do, but I, I knew the jeans were going to be an issue. I just wasn't sure at what point. I, I do week. love, by the way, the fashion choice for my man Frank here with the Nuggets because I'm <laughs> betting on the Nuggets in game three against the Spurs. So I'm, I'm all in on the Nuggets here. Love it. All right. I'm a big Jokic guy. It's, it's got his name on the back. Jamal Murray saved, saved my butt the other night with oh. that fourth quarter winning. Oh, my that God. Night. Minus seven, down 19 in the third quarter. God bless. <laughs> I thought you were, you were already tweeting about death, I think. Well, you know, it's funny because I actually I tweeted, and, and I, I said this on the show I do in the mornings for, for Odd Shark, that I really didn't do it as a reverse jinx. They go down 19 in the third, and it, I'm on the East Coast, so I'm not, I generally don't stay up for these yeah, whole games because yeah. i got to go, to go to sleep. And I tweet, Nuggets are getting swept. And, and I didn't really mean it as like they're going to come back from this point, but then they did. So God bless, man, because that bet looked like it was dead in the water. Much like if you had the Celtics last night looked dead in the water and then they came back and somehow miraculously covered. Exactly. So that, so that worked out all right. But back to the Yankees and the Red Sox from last night. We were eating Big ziti, finishing the Big ziti, and like you hear, like I had the TV on in the background. I'm like, try to not be on the phone, be on the, whatever, we're eating. So like Judy goes and gets more. And I was like, because mm. like I yeah, hear in the background, First batter reaches, second batter reaches, and now I'm just not listening to her at all at this point. She's got to expect that. She does. She goes, you just go sit there. Well, no, I'm not going to be rude to you. So then 
Geo strikes out, or Sheila strikes out, and she finishes. I'm just like, can we just let's just both go over there? Let's just go both go, go finish your dinner on the couch. Like, let's deal with this. So then Roman walks, and the gardener's up. She goes, oh, I'm happy. We're like, it's exciting. Like, the bases are loaded. Like, I'm happy we did this. And then Gardner cracks it at 02. And I just start losing no it, doubt. right? Like yeah. screaming, fist pump. She goes, Oh, that was a grand slam. That, that's exciting. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This is why this is why we're here right now. No doubt. She's like, I, I get it. I'm like, all right, cool. It worked out great, Frank. Yeah, and I'm saying it to myself. Once he goes down 02, I'm like, Gardner, just make contact. You, small ball, just poke the ball somewhere. Oh, I, dis- try and hit I disagree. I was saying I just was don't grind into a double contact. play. Just don't double play because I want a judge to come up. There was two outs at the time. No, it was one out. One out. I just wanted Judge to come up. I, I was just saying make contact because I, I see him go down 0-2 and I'm saying, he's going to strike out here. And then we're screwed. And I'm not screwed because Aaron Judge is up next. But, but like, you got to get at least one in here. Make contact, you know, sack fly, whatever it is. Try and poke one. Don't try and hit a grand slam. But if you do, I'll take it. That's perfectly fine. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it hasn't been a great start for Brett Gardner this year. Obviously, he's hitting 203. Um, just he, he has four home runs in the year. So from that perspective, the power has been there. But oddly enough, the batting average has not. I think in deeper leagues, obviously, you know, 15-team mix Roto. He's one of your outfielders. That's fine. I don't think he's worth owning in, like, anything shallower than that. 12-team leagues, nah. It just, I don't really think that there's much left in the tank. And once everyone gets healthy, me personally, I feel like Clint Frazier is going to take over the left field job. Or at least he should. But, yeah. At this hey, point, I'm not the manager of the Yankees. As I saw this morning, like, he's rather gonna- have you. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be hot and cold, Cliff Frazier, as, as all young players are. He's gonna go in some nasty slump. We're all gonna get pissed off at him about. But right now, I mean, Glaber didn't way, really do that last year until he got until he came back from getting hurt. Yeah, well, you know, was that him coming back from injury and not being hundred percent? That's the question. All right, uh, Nathan Eovaldi. Last night he was awesome against the Yankees. The fastball was back up. He was uh, mixing matching. He was fantastic throughout the night. Yeah, he definitely was, and it was a bounce back day for a lot of starting pitchers, and we needed to see this. Everyone's talking about the juice ball. A lot of pitchers getting rocked, but six innings, one run, a strikeout per inning. The command was good. Only one walk, six strikeouts. Uh, and this is what I talked about coming into the year, is that he's learning more so how to pitch than you know be a pitcher rather than thrower. In the past, you know he's just trying to throw the ball past people at, at uh, nearly 100 miles per hour, and he was still doing that. He used his fastball more than any other pitch. He used it 43 times last night. Average 97 miles per hour. Very good. But also mixes in the splitter for 20 pitches. Mixes in the cutter for 20 pitches. So, overall, from a fantasy perspective for Avaldi, I was very impressed from what I saw. And this was more of the pitcher that I was expecting, and I think he'll build off this. What did you think of Avaldi last night, Nick? I think Avaldi was very good last night, and I expected that to happen. And I- I'm glad I didn't bet on the game. I don't bet against my team. I'm a Yankees fan. Um, I would have bet-, bet the Red Sox, though. I really would have, because I just feel like Avaldi with what he did last year against the Yankees, and it just feels like... When, when players leave the Yankees and come back to play them, they generally do pretty well. So I thought Ivaldi would, uh, would pitch well. So not surprised that Ivaldi pitched well. And, and I think that he'll start to reclaim that form that got him the deal with Boston. Obviously, what we saw in the World Series, albeit in a losing effort, that, that fantastic relief outing. So I think he's due for better things the rest of the year. I know you guys mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez earlier. After the first couple starts, I co-own a league with, with a buddy of mine, and he wanted to drop Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm like, Eduardo's going to be fine. Had the good last start. So I think both those guys will be fine. I think both these teams are going to be fine, the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's early, 162 games. The Rays will come down a bit. Yankees and Red Sox will go up. I, I just feel like they'll all be fine. I thought it was interesting that the, um, the Michael K. Cohn and, and O'Neill last night were making this big point of 
how Ryan Brazier was like in the seventh of the game on the line. Like, oh, they brought in their closer. Oh my god! Yeah, they like, brought in their best reliever. Quote, best reliever. But Matt Barnes. Weren't we very treating Matt, about this. Weren't we treating Matt Barnes 100%. as the best reliever? Hundred percent. Just a couple of weeks ago. It's very weird. So why didn't they go to him? And it wasn't even a matchup thing because they showed the graphic. Brett Gardner was two for three against him in his career. Super small sample size. Yeah, I think they're saving Barnes for the ninth. Yeah, it was just weird it was because weird. they had been using Barnes in the biggest spots and yeah. using him in the seventh, eighth in a setup role for Brazier, and then obviously they changed it yesterday. So. More closer carousels in the MLB. I'm sure you have a lot to say about Jay Happ because of what his pitch selection was last night. Yeah, and they talked about it a lot. So, you know, credit to the Yankees broadcast. They did a great job talking about how normally he throws like 60% fastballs. And last night he only throws 15 four-seamers. It was very uh, clear early on that he didn't have it. You know, J.D. Martinez hits a home run off him. Christian Vasquez, of all people, hits a home run off of him as well. But starts using the two-seamer more. Threw the slider 28 times. You don't normally see that from Hap. So maybe he should look at this and think, moving forward, I should work in my slider a little bit more. I'd like to see it. I think that's exactly what will happen. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dr. A from Inside Injuries. Go over the latest injuries around the MLB. Nicasso is here hanging out for the next hour. So stick around. More from the BFFs coming up right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game Time Decisions A lot of love right now in our chat Either on YouTube There never is why, but uh, Why? What's happening? Are we, are not, even up get, uh, not even up get called out People are claiming that I sold Montreal out And then I'm now a Toronto Maple Leaf That's not true You're a Leaf fan You know I'm not a Leaf fan you know, No, yeah, you okay Exactly. I, See, I this is what people don't understand. You can bet on a series. That's the problem. People are ignorant in today's day and age, right? Pick the Leafs to beat the Bruins. I'm a Leaf fan. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rex Sussman, Frank Stample, Nick Costos hanging out with you. Chris Venture will join us for the second hour today. But as he does each and every Thursday to break down all the injuries and let us down, kind of softly, I guess. Not always, but let's just down on a, day, on a weekly basis, I'd say. It's Dr. A from Inside Injuries. What's up, Doc? 
Uh, I, I, uh, I'm really happy that I, you guys consider me in such high regard, uh, for the optimism. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I would never call you optimistic. That is one thing I will never call you. Which I appreciate from the doc. <laughs> yes, we're realistic. Unfortunately, I have no sides here. Um, you know, it's the injury and the data. It is what it is, right? So fair enough. I just, I just never feel good about it. And Frank started the program off joking about Blake Snell's injury, where he dropped something on his foot, which I believe because Blake Snell's a good guy who would never make up a lie. It's all true. He, you ever heard Blake Snell talk? Yeah, of course. He's an interesting dude. Well, a lot of guys are interesting. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was. I like, I don't know. Listen, we'll talk about it. What he said was he got out of the shower. He's like, oh, I got to move this thing. Picked it up to move it. Didn't realize it was two pieces and he dropped it. Like, that's something I would do or you would do for sure. Much more likely you than me. But. I don't disagree, but nevertheless, one of us would do it, me. So I believe it. He's na- he says, despite the fractured toe, he's going to miss one start, be back next week. Do you concur? Well, if it's a fractured toe, the likelihood of him coming back fully healed of a non-displaced fracture or hairline fracture in two weeks is very unlikely. Um, You know, uh, this is a four-week, if you want to heal a non-displaced fracture, it's four weeks. So the fact that, um, you know, is expected to miss one start, um, I'm not sure if that's completely accurate. We're looking at May 14th, uh, so you know, two weeks is, in our opinion, then it wasn't really a fracture. <laughs> if they're saying it's a fracture and they're saying they're gonna, he's going to be back in two weeks, that's, ve- that's, very, that's really puzzling. So I would say May 14th, four weeks, if it's a non-displaced fracture. Greg, this was my exact reaction too. Now, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on television, but, you know, when I first saw fractured, t- uh, fractured toe, I'm thinking, well, how is he only expected to miss one start? How's he going to be back next week? It just didn't add up to me. It didn't make sense, so... And, you know, I respect what Doc is saying, but is it somewhere in the middle? Is it, you know, because uh, Inside Injuries has him at four weeks, uh, you know, in the middle of May to return, and then the Rays are saying one week, so is it more like two or three weeks in the middle somewhere? Uh, I don't know, but I don't, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Greg, I'm not buying that. This is just, he's coming off the IL in his minimum time. I- I'm not buying it. Maybe it's that. just not really a broken toe. Maybe it's like a spring toe. Why would toe? they lie, though? Why, why would they lie about it being fractured? That, that doesn't seem to make sense to me, but I tend to agree that if it is fractured, I think we see longer than this just 10-day uh, short stint that they're talking about. Doc, I want to ask you about Rudnett Odor, someone that I was very high on coming into the season now. He's gotten off to a slow start. At least he was trying to run and steal bases, but a little bit harder to run and steal bases when you're dealing with a right knee sprain. How serious is this for uh, Rudnett Odor, and when do you expect him back? Yeah, this is pretty concerning. I mean, not the severity of the injury. I mean, it's a grade one knee sprain. So, you know, uh, there's no tear. There's no significant injury. However, what what is, um, you know, if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember, but he had, he missed, he missed a month last season because of a hamstring strain on the left side. And so, you know, guy, again, second baseman, a lot of range, got to move a lot. You know, speed is of utmost importance, especially stolen bases, etc. The fact that he had, he missed a month from a hamstring injury last year, and now he's got a grade one right knee sprain you know really uh you know the durability here uh you know will be affected uh in that regard so right now this particular injury we have him slated back to come back on april the 26th uh uh, it's two weeks um and so uh um you know that's when he should be healed from this right knee strain but you know be in mind, you know, he did miss a month from a left hamstring injury last year, and now he's got a right-sided knee injury. Um, so these ticky-tack injuries will make him miss probably a few more weeks uh, later on in the season this year as well. 
Not so bad, though. Expect not so great. Turn in two weeks, Greg. Not so great. Uh, I'll, I'll be glass half full. You're glass half empty. Well, because my players I own, I get very frustrated. You know, well, you own Odor too. I know. That's why I say I get frustrated. Yeah, I, ha- I have him in the great fantasy baseball invitation. I need him. Yes. 15 team league. It's kind of hard to replace. As long as Garrett Hampson. Is Garrett Hampson in the lineup tonight, by the way? Do you have that? Uh, is that later tonight? Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know when the Rockies are playing today. Uh, the Rockies play. Ah, 840. So we're not going to have that for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to have that. Uh, anyway, we're talking to Dr. A from Inside Injuries. And, Doc, uh, Justin Turner missed the last couple of games with ankle injuries and hamstring issues. He did pinch hit yesterday, so I think he'll be back in the lineup today. But how concerned should fantasy owners be about Justin Turner's availability going forward? Well, you know, this is a soft tissue injury. This doesn't uh, even get to the level of grade one. So that's good, both on the ankle and the hamstring. And so um, even though, you know, foul pitch off of the ankle during batting pass Monday, that's probably a soft tissue injury. Uh, tightness in the hamstring is, you know, um, we are predicting that it's not a, a strain of the hamstring. It's more like, you know, precautionary. And so one week optimal recovery time, be back on April the 22nd. That's kind of what we're looking at here. Uh, so all in all, pretty good news you know for uh turner i'll let's, take it let's stick with the los angeles dodgers yeah we have justin turner to, together greg and i have uh, a few other shares as well let's stick with the dodgers though cody bellinger uh dodgers fans and fantasy owners alike gasping holding their breath the other day regarding bellinger as he gets hit right in the side of the knee with a luis castillo fastball luis castillo throws a pretty good fastball you know 96 97 miles per hour uh did not look good for bellinger but he was in the lineup the next day uh, he was playing uh, yesterday on uh, Wednesday. So, you know, how are we feeling about Cody Bellinger? Is this something that could act up again in the future regarding Bellinger's knee? No, I mean, you know, um, they probably got an x-ray. They probably got as much imaging as they possibly could to make sure there's not a fracture. If he's in the game again, there is no fracture. It's a soft tissue injury. It's going to heal. I would have preferred to have him sit out a week, let him he- let the soft tissue bruise, you know, kind of, you know, not impact him. But, you know, they pay these guys a lot of money to get him back out there. But this should not be something that recurs. So, um, you know, we were saying April 22nd, he came back right away. And, you know, he's still at, you know, above average PK health, et cetera. So the, all in all, it looks pretty good. All right, so two positives in a row, Frank, for us. Yeah. Better than usual. <laughs> I agree. The percentage is going up. We're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. Doc, actually, I'll go to Frank here. Frank, I know you love talking about the Phillies. I'm not bull- a doctor. Frank, I know you love talking about the Phillies bullpen in general. Oh, no. So I thought this would be a good time to ask Dr. Ray about David Robertson. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Because, you know, I love Gabe Kaplan. I love the Phillies bullpen, right? Hey, Hector Neris picks up a save yesterday. How about that, Greg? My guy, Hector Neris. He wasn't the guy that was brought in to get the save. That was Adam Morgan. Well, you know what? He skipped that part. He, uh, he still ended up converting because Adam Morgan sucks, like I always say regarding the Phillies bullpen. Doc, what's up with David Robertson? So um, I would have to say cautious optimism. <laughs> so what that means is I'm a little bit concerned. We're concerned. It's only a grade one elbow flexor strain, but he is a relief pitcher and he is a right-handed pitcher. I mean, uh, he, 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 you know, it's a right-handed pitcher and it's just throwing extremity. So even if it's a grade one, three weeks is the optimal recovery time. He's got to really heal this thing because this thing comes back. Uh, all the money's on that arm. And so uh, May 6th is when we're, you know, kind of looking at him to be back and better you know so if he if he comes back earlier it's a no-no um he has to heal this thing otherwise it's going to come back and he's putting himself in more jeopardy later on into the season Greg, bold prediction by may 6th we still don't know who the phillies closer is 
I don't think it's that bold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree with you. You tell me by September 30th, we still don't know who the closer is. Like, that's a little <laughs> bit more bold, and I also believe it. Yes, I would believe it as well. Unless, you know, they sign Craig Kimbrell for whatever reason. Uh, Doc, Andrew Benintendi, he hasn't been in the lineup the past couple of days. He fouled a pitch off his foot the other, the other day, and uh, he's dealing with a bruised right foot that they're calling in. He expects to be in the lineup uh, this Friday. Is that a smart decision by the Red Sox? Yeah, April 21st is when we're looking at it, um, you know, a little bit earlier than that. But that's that, you know, it's, it's a soft tissue injury. Uh, again, likely did x-rays, no fracture. As long as it doesn't cause him a lot of pain, one week is fine. And April 21st, he should be good to go. All right, so so pretty positive, positive there. Just getting back, getting back into some of the things because uh, everyone's fouling things off their foot and yeah. you know causing bruises. So <laughs> that's why it's positive. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to tell whether he was sitting out these past couple games because he truly wasn't healthy or because they were going against lefties or maybe a combination of both against the Yankees because it was no, Jay Happ. No, right, yes, and it was Paxson. So. But I think I think it had to do more so with the injury rather than probably rather than the lefty. And you know you, they would have liked to get him in there. You got to play Andrew Benintendi. You know, they want to win the games against the Yankees. Game. Of course, exactly. Let's talk about school of pitchers now. Um, Frank wasn't a big fan of Freddie Peralta in, in general just because of the amount of pitches he threw. And then he threw about one too many and, and got hurt. What should be his be availability be going forward? Um, you said Freddie Peralta, right? Yeah. So he's got a grade one shoulder uh, injury. Um, you know, when you talk about shoulder inflammation, you're number one, you're talking about the rotator cuff. Uh, and so you know, he has grade one rotator cuff, probably strain. Um, uh, you know, the, the optimal recovery time for this injury is two weeks. So we're thinking April the 30th is when uh, he should come back. So it's not super long. You know, they said 10 days and we say two weeks. So, you know, we're pretty much, uh, uh, you know, uh, in concordance with what the team is saying. So I think April 30th is when he'll be back and he'll be ready to go and heal from this injury. All right. That's good to hear about Freddie Peralta, that he should be back sooner rather than later. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're a Freddie Peralta guy, which I am not. We asked you about David Robertson, Doc. I want to move over to another Phillies player here. Gene Segura dealing with a hamstring injury is expected to avoid the injured list. Uh, And this one intrigued me for multiple reasons because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Gene Segura has dealt with hamstring injuries in the past. I don't know if it's been to the same leg or not, Uh, but if he's out for any extended time, Scott Kingery has homered in back-to-back days and has looked pretty damn good. So there's a lot of moving parts here regarding Gene Segura. What do you guys have on him? Yeah. Um, So this is, uh, uh, if you guys want me to get really negative, here we go. So... Um, you know, he had a mild hamstring strain in 2018, thumb soreness in 2018, a bone bruise of his tibia in 18, a hamstring injury on the right in 2017, and a right high ankle sprain in 2017. Notice I didn't say really anything on the left in 2017 and uh, 2018. Now the left will start. And so here's the left uh, uh, in 2019. It's a grade one left hamstring injury. Uh, yeah, on its surface, it's only two weeks, et cetera. But here's the problem. We have a predictability of less than 50% on his injury impact uh, on performance. So um, if there's a time and you got a good replacement, this may be a good trade or uh, getting him off of your fantasy team because it's basically going to go downhill from there. So yeah, how was that for negative? You got really excited really quickly, Frank. That, that's- and it was slow. <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly you know what I, that's exactly what I worried about regarding Gene Segura hearing something like that. But you know if Scott Kingery fills in yep. for him, uh, I think the problem. I don't think it's just going to be okay. Gene Segura is going to be out for this amount of time, and Scott Kingery just fills in for him and takes off. I think it could be a thing where Gene Segura comes back, 
maybe re-injures himself again because, you know, that's kind of like what it sounds like to me, Greg. So, personally, after hearing that, and I, don't own any, I don't own any shares of Segura. But when he comes back, if he performs well for a couple of games, I would look into trying to ship him out. So, you're sta- so that's going to be a, all that stashing Kingery, I would assume. In deeper leagues, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Talking to Dr. A from Inside Injuries. Doc, as a Tyler O'Neill owner, I'm not like totally depressed about the Harrison Bader injury because it means more playing time for Tyler O'Neill. So, Doc, how long should we expect Harrison Bader out? So the hamstring uh, epidemic, uh, you know, continues to occur, right? Um, you know, especially for outfielders there, um, you know, it's just, it, it's a pretty, I wouldn't say devastating type of injury, but it really impacts their ability to break on the ball in the outfield. And, you know, hamstring is really on speed on the basis and power associated with power at the plate. And so it's a grade one injury, so not bad, um, but requires two weeks. And, you know, you you know, he he's not, he does deal the bases you know so you want to make sure this thing really heals so april the 28th is when they they we are recommending that he stay and rest and rehab etc and then you know don't let him come back until after april the 28th and so that's what we're predicting april 28th harrison bader not coming back until the end of the month and i mentioned tyler o'neill getting the playing time replacing him well in doing so he then got hurt and went on the il they need some more playing time for jose martinez who i think becomes a speculative ad frank now yeah, for sure, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, you know, what we said about Jose Martinez all along is the skills are there, the bat-to-ball skills, the, bat- the high batting average upside, but he doesn't have a place to play. So, And that was kind of the case for a lot of the Cardinals guys. We really liked Tyler O'Neill, but he didn't have a place to play, and now he's hurt too. So, uh, again, a lot of moving parts for the, Arizo- uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals. We'll get into the Arizona Cardinals maybe next segment with Costos. But, Doc, I want to ask you about uh, Tyler Skaggs. Uh, he's hurt. Well, guess what? The sky is blue, grass is green. Uh, you know, Tyler Skaggs is hurt every single year. Uh, he's dealing with a left ankle sprain. How severe is this? And, you know, is this something that's going to hamper him all season long? Yeah, I mean, he, he got this injury by fielding a bunt during last Friday, uh, you know, um, and, you know, in my opinion, I think bunting should be removed from the sport of baseball. But anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> but grade one, low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. So that's good news. It's grade one. So there's no significant sprain. Uh, two week recovery time, uh, uh, April 29th. Uh, and, you know, he should be good to go after April 29th with this particular injury all right tyler skaggs who's always injured actually a positive report from dr ray about tyler skaggs it's very rare like, yeah, i thought you would be like skaggs is out for the year with the ankle injury <laughs> yeah. we're done speaking of being done we have one more player to ask you about before we're done and that's with the mets brandon nimmo who hasn't Let's go mets <laughs> brandon nimmo doc how concerned should Mets fans be about his availability going forward so neck stiffness is usually a result of uh, two things. One is just um, paraspinal muscle spasm, and that's what it looks like this is. It's not a disc issue. Uh, that's what we're predicting. So soft tissue, this particular injury uh, is fine. Uh, it just needs rest one week. We're saying April the 23rd, take muscle relaxers, get a massage, You know, make sure that that you know, physical therapy works, and then get back after April the 23rd. I mean, one week is pretty much all he needs. It doesn't look like it's a disc issue so that's good all right so positive news when it comes to brandon nimmo for the most part i think it was more positive than negative today doc so i you know that's okay 
<laughs> That's good, yeah. All right, Doc, we're, we're, we talk to you each and every week, of course, from Inside Injuries, but I believe Inside Injuries is doing something uh, a little bit fresh now, right? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for, I'd love to plug this. Um, so uh, uh, we are launching our new platform at InsideInjuries.com. So if you go to InsideInjuries.com, you're going to see something totally different. Uh, I know we talk a lot about baseball right now, but basketball and then uh, the NFL, and you guys are going to be pretty excited about this. We're we're launching a platform that combines fantasy and gaming. And so, um, you know, for the NBA, uh, for specifically the matchups, uh, you know, there's a spread and then we using our millions of points of data aggregation to move the spread one way or the other, either with the spread or against the spread, and we give the exact movement. And then individually, you can go into the teams, and individually, you can go into the players and see all of the data that we've accomplished and all of the injury history and why we're saying what we're saying, etc. So from a fantasy perspective, it, it'll be great because, you know, even though if you don't bet on the game, you can look at, you know, what players are hurt, what their predictability is, what their injury risk is, what they're healthy to return that we talk about every week on this show. But then if you are going to be involved with gambling, then you'll be able to see, hey, you know, inside injuries based on the injury analytics is saying, you know, the Warriors are really going uh, to not be able to cover because of the loss of DeMarcus Cousins, and it's going to be by four and a half points. And so it's a really positive thing that uh, we're doing. We're combining both of these industries and both of these uh, types of consumers like fantasy players as well as gamblers into one product. So right now we're NBA and we're doing the playoffs. And so if you, if you want to check all that stuff out, you go to insideinjuries.com. It's pretty awesome. And then we're going to be doing the NFL for every single game, every single player, every single matchup. And we'll be able to talk about that in the future. So we're pretty excited about that. And so go to insideinjuries.com to check it out. Insideinjuries.com. Brand new and updated and fresh and different. And Dr. Ray and his team is going to help you guys out with every sport imaginable and all the injuries. Doc, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Remain positive. <laughs> we'll try, man. We'll try. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the opening lines. The NFL schedule was released yesterday. Nick Costa is going to help us break it down and let you know where to place your wagers. Stick around. More from your BFFs right after this. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
Scout Fantasy Sports. The coach was on, John Cooper, and he goes, well, we weren't supposed to make the, the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, and we did. And now no. we're supposed to – I'm like, you can't say no, that. No, 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 Dude, no. you're the best team with 128 points, which I have never seen in my lifetime, Ronis. You put up 128 points, you're a good hockey team. you got to at least make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Nick Costa is hanging out with us today. What's up? What's up? What's going on, man? So, if I'm not a BFF, can I just be like a good friend, friend of the program? Well, I think you work your way up to becoming a best friend. Okay. So, and then, then, then we reach bestie status after that. So, right now, I say you're a friend. Okay, great. Well, I was a good friend. Be a friend, friend of the friend. BFFs. And then I like you'll it. become a best friend and uh, maybe eventually. Well, good one. friend, good friend, great friend. Best friend forever. Like, best friend, friend forever is a, that's a tough hurdle we're to clear. At, we're at like BFF AEAA, you know? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I guess you're too old for this, huh? BFF AEAE. What's the AEAE? Best friend forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I might be too old for that. Wow. Am I the oldest I of the three of us? I'm 35. You are. God, it's getting Greg's to that actually point. like 50. You I'm not know? 50. Your jeans and everything. Let's put it like this. So what was your AIMS screen name? Um, NY Giant 683. That's pretty good. Right. I thought you maybe that's where BFF AEA was like really popular oh. in, the, in the your AIM profile. I, I feel like the AIM went away like my like sophomore year of college. I don't know if I'm really dating myself with that, but yeah, that long? No, oh yeah, no way, absolutely. Well, I used it throughout college. I'm younger than you. How old are you? Thirty-one. Yeah, I guess I'm old. Sorry, man. So I was using it in like junior high school, guys. Junior high school, but you're high, high school ish. Yeah, you're turning twenty-seven. You're turning twenty-seven. Not the end of high school. You're turning twenty-seven or twenty-eight. 20, I forget, honestly. You forget what you're turning? No, you don't. 28. I honestly forget. It's, it's crazy. I'm turning 28. You're turning 28. Okay. Jesus Christ, Frank. <laughs> I'm sorry. We also play a game. If you want to play, Nick, at some point, this is, this is for the jeans comment. You can I, just, I like games. All right. You want to just name a person, unsports-related, okay. and ask them if Frank knows who they are. That's usually a fun game for us. Um, this is because of the jeans. They live earlier. under a rock. He lives um, under a rock. I don't know anything so if you ask, politics so like, so like Peter, Peter Dinklage. Oh, he's Tyrion Lannister. Okay, he watches, so he, he watches Game of Thrones. All right, well, that, I thought that was a good, so good like, place to start. So, like, to me today, I would say, like, Frank. Most actors I don't know. Okay. So, Frank, I'd be like, oh, who's Bob Mueller? I know the, the Mueller report just came out. <laughs> good job. Oh, yeah, he got it. Look at he this guy. It. And you tried to I throw him a curveball really by playing curve Bob ball. instead of Robert. Well, that's true, I guess. I don't really know what he does. Or he's just a guy. Because, like, yeah, Bob Mueller could be, like, the third base coach for the Padres. Robert Mueller had the Mueller report. Like, I don't know who Bob Mueller is. Robert Mueller, I know. He's passed his test for today. That was good. I'm proud of you. I get, I get emails from like 1010 wins or someone. <laughs> That's how I stay in the know. So you just got Mueller report. It, it, it did on the New York radio theme. It did go notice the let's go Mets. Oh, of course. <laughs> we, he, he has, the problem is he does this almost every day, but he doesn't know what to say instead of FAN. Yeah. So he's, what, what, he's just, you say FAN, right? Right. That's what you say. He just pauses. Let's That's go Mets. There was one time where you were just going off on like Yankees rants or Giants rants, and I was like, Rex Hossman, <laughs> New York Sports Radio. <laughs> like, right, Stuff's well. great. All right. So, 2019 schedule came out yesterday, officially. Christmas. Yes. 
Christmas for... That's your Christmas, really? You know, it's one of them. I have a lot of different Christmases. I just love this stuff. So I believe you were tweeting out the first day of the NCAA tournament was clearly Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas. A lot of Christmas. Like, like, I thought the Manchester City Tottenham Champions League game was like Christmas Are you yesterday. going nuts about that yesterday? It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, just a tr- uh, an outstanding sporting event. Rough afternoon for the soccer's boring crowd yesterday. It was, from what I, what I read. Oh, you didn't watch any great? Did, were you watching? You were watching yesterday, weren't you? Not really. And a very fun sport to bet on. <laughs> very fun sport to bet on. I had taught him to advance plus 130, and that was uh, the heart stopping towards the end. All right. So he bets on all football. It's very clear. Whether it's football with, and football. Exactly. Baseball, hockey, basketball. If, if it's on, if it's televised, then I can watch it. I'll bet on it. Will you, so you see that, and we were, Gabe was on before. I was like, he'll bet on, on uh, like, Grasshoppers, will you do so that? my senior year of college, and I don't know if you guys, this will date myself also. So Nickelodeon used to have a channel called Nickelodeon um, uh, Gas. Sure. It's Nickelodeon Games Game and Sports, Sports, it stood for, right? And it was all like the old shows from the late 80s, early 90s, Double Dare, Guts, etc. Yep. And my friends and I senior year, we would, at the start of like Legends of the Hidden Temple, like I would put five bucks on the Silver Snakes. Right. My buddy would put five bucks on the Blue Barracudas. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, whoever won would get the money. So we would literally gamble on Nickelodeon game shows. So yeah, I'll gamble on anything. You should, we, should, we should be able to bet on Jeopardy. I think. Cool. I'll, I'll bet on, I'll bet on, on James. I'll bet yeah. on Jeopardy James, yeah, with yeah. absolutely no value. James, like, unbel- he, he's never going to lose. He's Hulk Hogan in the 80s. He's never going to lose. He's never going to lose. Oh, what did you think? Were you at WrestleMania? I was not this year, no. I no, I didn't want to step it's outside. Too, it's too long. It's too damn it's too long. long. And, and I'm yeah. too damn old, and I'm too damn tired. Yeah. It's, it's, did you go to NXT? Uh, I went to the New Japan show oh, on so Saturday. Let's yes. Go. Also, speaking of way too long and kind of boring, was that shit too much Ring of Honor? The New Japan yeah, stuff. The was Ring great. of Honor stuff was bad. It's like get the hell out of my. Fa- I'm just. I, I. I don't have the energy to sit there for eight hours at one of these shows. But the final three New Japan matches were phenomenal. The Ibushi Naito match was my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah. me too. Real, real nerd, nerd out stuff here. Oh, yeah. we Jap- do, Japanese we, wrestling. We, we, we do it. We do it all the time. Love here. it. Eric Young, friend of the program. Oh, the, just went to Monday Night Raw on the Eric, Superstar Shakeup. That's of course. right. Problem yeah. is he didn't know that. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> week one NFL schedule was released yesterday. One of Nick Costos's many, many Christmases, and the schedule leaks out all day long. Yep. Are, are you waiting until? officially NFL Network announces it to get excited about it or are you scouring the second it comes out? I get excited for it the moment that the the odds get tweeted out. So that's when I really got excited and I'm a, I'm a Giants fan not as much as I was when I was growing up so that I, I was looking at to see and then of course they opened in Dallas for I believe like the 768th consecutive <laughs> year but um, but once the odds came out that's when I was like wow like this is real it's happening and it's Christmas and now it's time to open the presents. Absolutely. So let's get in uh I'm going to go over all the games. You let me know if you have a lean, if you're like, this is ridiculous, don't even talk Perfect. about it. All right. So Thursday night, Packers-Bears. Yep. We're starting off the season. Packers are in Chicago. The Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I lean actually towards the, the total in this game right now, which is 46. I like the under here, and the reason why, I think the Packers' defense will be a lot better this year. And you can't bet this game yet because Green Bay's got two first-round picks, and, um, next, and, and that's, by the way, Christmas is next Thursday also, the NFL draft, the first round, another Christmas. Um, Do you bet on that, picks? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. 100%. Daniel Jones, plus 500 to be the second quarterback taken. Daniel Jones from Duke. That's a great bet. Yeah, and I think I think that'll happen. And I also think there's value on Nick Bosa. If you think the Cardinals aren't taking Kyler Murray, Nick number Bosa's one. plus 500 to go number one overall. Um, but uh, on the Packers and Bears, I don't think you can bet this until you see what the Packers do in the NFL draft, but I like the Preston Smiths, the Darius Smith signings. This defense is going to be better. So I lean the under in this game. If you made me pick a side, I, I lean towards the Bears just because I don't know how much faith I have in the new Packers coach, Matt LaFleur. And you guys know this big fantasy players like, hey, Matt LaFleur. 
it took you 13 weeks to figure out that you, Derrick Henry is your best running back. Like, stop giving Deion Lewis the damn ball. So we'll see what happens with the Packers on offense and the Aaron Rodgers relationship. So slight lean towards the Bears and the under in the Thursday night opener. Right Do you now. think that'll be because Joe Public will all be on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? You know, I, I think it really depends. I think that you know that that a lot of people really like the Bears after what the Bears did last year. So I, I think this line, uh, assuming that that no catastrophic injuries, knock on wood, that that doesn't happen, I think this line will probably be around three and a half come kickoff on uh, opening night. Rams are in Carolina on Sunday, 1 o'clock. Rams come in as a two-and-a-half-point favorite against, uh, assumingly, a healthy Cam Newton. Uh, Over-under here is at 47-and-a-half. That's, that's why you can't bet this game right now, because we can't assume what Cam Newton's health is going to be. The assumption is that he's going to be healthy, but he hasn't been healthy for a couple years now with that shoulder injury. So uh, I would consider playing Carolina if I got over three. So if you gave me three-and-a-half, I'd consider it. But this is a firm no play for me right now at A, the current number, and B, the uncertainty with Cam's shoulder. Tennessee is in Cleveland. Cleveland has more primetime games than they've had ever yeah. this year. That all comes in like the first five weeks uh, the, before Odell implodes, maybe? Uh, oh, 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 Odell, by the way, should be the number one receiver off the board in fantasy drafts this really? year. Really? I think so. Why? Um, I, he's a monster, and, and, and he's got a really good quarterback now, which he hasn't had the last couple years. Frank, who is the number one wide receiver off the board for you right now? Devontae Adams for me, personally. Okay. But I think uh, right now, ADP, what I've seen is Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins are kind of battling it out for the number one wide receiver spot. I still think Juju should be in that conversation. Look, there's a lot of guys that's interchangeable. Michael Thomas goes in the first round as well, so... The, the, ta- the, the wide receiver talent pool at the end of the first round, early second round, is great. And I think that's, that's the spot this year, right? Yeah. In, in drafting is, is the snake spot towards the end of the first round with value you could get on running backs at the end of the first round, start of the second round. But I love, I think Beckham's going to be nasty this year. Nasty. Beckham, like I said, and the Browns hosting Tennessee at home on opening day. What do you think? I, I think the Browns are generally overvalued um, as a whole this year. And I think you saw that in the divisional odds prices. Browns plus 140, Steelers plus 175. Last I checked, um... Ben Roethlisberger still the, still the Steelers quarterback. So I think there's some value on Pittsburgh for the division. But as far as this game is concerned, I think the Browns should smack the Titans around. I mean, this game's at home. The dog pound is going to be rocking. Um, I, I take Baker over Marcus Mariota any day of the week, twice on a Sunday afternoon season opener. So I'll lay it with the Cleveland Browns here. That's actually one of my favorites after perusing the week one card. I like that a lot, too. They're only laying five points, and they're at home with all these additions. I understand there's going to be a lot of expectations for them, but rightfully so. I mean... Like the team is good. Where's the weakness? Like honestly, right? Like they'll probably draft a safety in the upcoming draft after after getting rid of uh, of Peppers and shipping him out to get Odell Beckham. But the offense is going to be phenomenal, Greg, uh, with Baker and and Nick Chubb and, and Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Like I don't really see a legitimate weakness. I'm surprised they're only laying five against the Titans. Personally. All right, let's continue. Let's continue on here with Nikasas for another few minutes. Chiefs are in Jacksonville. Kansas City is a five and a half point favorite on the road. In Jacksonville, Nick Foles' season is here. What do you think, Nick? The reason why I like betting on the NFL more than any other sport, aside from the fact that it's always been my favorite sport, is because it's the ultimate overreaction league, right? Where you can actually situationally look at spots and say, this side's going to be very overvalued. And I think everyone remembers what they saw last, which was despite the fact the Chiefs lost in the AFC title game, everyone remembers Patrick Mahomes and, and the record-setting offense and what the Chiefs did. And they remember the fact that the Jaguars stunk last year and Leonard Fournette screwed everyone's fantasy teams, including mine, although I do like Fournette this year coming up in fantasy. So I think this is actually a good price you're getting on the Jaguars here, plus five and a half at home. I like the Honey Badger signing for the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo, the new defensive coordinator, but how are the Jaguars not going to be able to score some points in this game? Run the ball with Leonard Fournette. Too many points. Chiefs overvalued. I'll take the points at home with Jacksonville. Do we have any worry of him getting suspended? I know he had something that just happened 
off the field. It was speeding ticket, something. I don't know. Like, does, it, does that worry you at all? Is that in the as a, as it concerns Leonard Fournette? Yeah, yeah, for Leonard Fournette. Well, I think Leonard's kind of a knucklehead, as we've he seen. Is. Which was it was rookie year, right? When he got suspended for one game, like missing the team photo or whatever on a Sunday morning. So I think there's always concern with him. But I just think that Fournette's going to be so undervalued come drafts. Like he's. Is there a chance he's going to go in the third round of drafts? Yeah, I've already seen. ADP I'm taking him. In the, he's going I'll in take like him in the third round. I'll take him in the third round of any fantasy draft and feel good about it. I think he has a bounce back year. Buying back in on Leonard Fournette. Baltimore is in Miami. The three and a half point favorites with the total being at 37. Um, I actually have a slight lean towards the home the home underdog in this game, the Dolphins, and I think the reason why is you know the Ravens had that great run to the end of the season when they they took the offense back to the Mesozoic era with Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards, and now they signed Mark Ingram. But now defenses are going to have uh, an entire offseason to game plan for it. And let's see what Lamar Jackson's got. I'm not willing to bet that Lamar Jackson's going to come out and be Peyton Manning week one of the 2019 season. So I won't have a play on this game, but you make me pick now. I'll take the points with Miami. So you're just buying this Fitzmagic is what we're doing? Um, well, I think it's not that I buy into I think Fitzmagic <laughs> kind of stinks, but what he is, he's a guy that's good enough to win you five or six sure. games a year, for that's, sure. That's kind of the problem. You don't want him to win five or six. You want him to win one, ideally. Barely, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine the Dolphins are going to be in the market for a quarterback either this draft or, or the next draft. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. You know, if they want to exactly. get Tua, too. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to win many games. Give me, give me two or three. That's fine, Fitz. Let's pick up the pace here. I know we only have about five minutes left. Uh... Atlanta is in Minnesota. The Vikings are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. This is one of my favorite um, bets. This is just one where you look at the line and you say to yourself, it feels like it's too many points. And actually, this mirrors the Vikings' week one game last year at home when they hosted Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners and they spent the entire offseason bumping up Jimmy G in San Francisco. Vikings won and covered. I think that we will spend a lot of time this offseason with the narrative being that the Falcons were banged up last year, reason why they didn't make the playoffs. No one believes in Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings will win by seven to ten points. I love Minnesota laying that four and a half. One of your favorite bets of opening weekend? One of my favorite bets of opening weekend. One of my two or three favorites. All right, Buffalo is in New York. Take on the Jets. Bills are three and a half point favorites at the Jets. Seems a little weird. Uh, No play on this game for me right now. I want to see what each of these teams do in the first round of the NFL draft. If the Jets get a legitimate um, edge rusher, maybe it's Josh Allen. Maybe it's Montez Sweat. Maybe they opt for an interior guy like Quentin Williams or Ed Oliver. Maybe the Bills try and draft DK Metcalf or a receiver for Josh Allen. Too much unknown right now. No play on the game for me. Washington and Philly, the first of two NFC East battles on the first Sunday. You mentioned the Giants and the Cowboys. We'll get to that in one sec. Redskins and Eagles. Um, I like the Redskins here getting the eight, and I think this is tremendous value with the Redskins, no matter whom they start at quarterback, whether they trade for Josh Rosen. Uh, even if they draft a rookie, Case Keenum will start in week one. And Case Keenum's not terrible. Like He's not great. He was miscast as a starting quarterback last year in Denver, but he's pretty good. And if we remember, guys, the Redskins before the Alex Smith Theismann-esque injury last year were in first place in the NFC East, and then everything went to hell. All those injuries on the offensive and defensive lines. The Redskins at full strength with a competent quarterback in Case Keenum. I don't know if they can win the game, but eight points is way too much. I love the Redskins right now in week one. All right. I don't know anyone that loves the Redskins, but there you go. Look, the defense stepped up early on last year. Now they have Darius guys hopefully returning. They got a little tandem there with him and Adrian Peterson. And again, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be, but I have to agree. You know, Case Keenum is not the worst quarterback we've ever seen. He should be. It's good enough to cover that spread, yeah, is what should, he is. You know, he should remain somewhat competitive. We mentioned the Giants and Cowboys. They're in Dallas, as you've mentioned, for the 100th consecutive year to start yep. off the season. 425. The Giants are seven and a half point dogs in this one. I thought the line would be bigger. I had guessed nine and a half for the Cowboys, but that's not going 
going to dissuade me from taking Big Blue. Now, anyone that follows me on Twitter, which you should do, at the Costos, I'm a shameless self-promoter, knows that I've been all over this um, this inept um, front office, Dave Gettleman, for the Giants, the GM, and the coach, Pat Shermer. So I don't like what they've done. I don't think the team's going to be good this year. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a groundswell against the Giants, like there has been this whole offseason leading up to that game week one. I expect this spread to probably go up. I doubt it'll close at 7.5. And, and somehow, some way, the Giants are going to find a way to cover because this is what happens in the National Football League. They're going to do what the Cowboys have done, right? They've telegraphed that with all their moves, with with, with Zeitler and try signing Golden Tate, um, extending Sterling Shepard, short passing game, run game, better offensive line, bend but don't break defense. These are two teams that are going to play similar styles. I like the under, and I think the Giants will cover that spread. Basically, as you said, similar styles. The Giants are trying to become the Cowboys. That's exactly what they're trying to do. The difference is, is that Dak Prescott can move and Eli Manning can't. We'll see who the quarterback could be of the future coming up next week, potentially, Indeed. for the New York Giants. Nick, we have about a minute left. What other games do you really like this weekend or only, opening weekend? Only one that I haven't mentioned, and that's the Colts on the road um, at the L.A. Chargers. Now, if the Chargers had a legitimate home field advantage, I would say maybe I like the Chargers in this spot. I think the Chargers are probably a smidge better than the Colts, and I think both of these teams are Super Bowl contenders. But you're going to give me the hook right now with the three and a half of the Chargers I will take that all day with Andrew Luck I think the Colts will win the AFC South plus 150 right now are their odds that looks like a bargain to me so as long as that stays above three if it comes down to three probably a no play for me but at the three and a half give me Andrew Luck and the Colts Uh, might be more Colts fans at the StubHub Center than Chargers fans for week number one very possible you can follow him at the Costos on Twitter Nick where can they watch everything that you do you can watch me on Sports Illustrated where I'm the gambling analyst for the show with the line where whenever it's centered around big events and plus on odd shark every morning 9 a.m eastern the morning cash out on the odd shark twitter account at odd shark all my takes from the night before and get you set for gambling on that day and as always wishing everyone minimal sweats and winning bets I had to get my catchphrase in i'm yeah, a wrestling you, fan of course i had no choice nicostos we appreciate the time my friend i appreciate it chris, Thank you. chris sean's laughing downstairs chris will uh chris will come up next it's venture it's the closer it's hour two bffs right after this 